I didn't prepare any like you know how you do like a weird introduction or a joke or anything like I lo- that. I love uh, how you I love how you say that like I actually prepare. For I, my well, you went you actually went to like ChatGPT and, and did like a great little introduction earlier. Yes, I did that. That was that was classic. Uh, that was actually. Did pretty, you though? I, I did, did. Did you? That though? was great. That was a good one. If you went to ChatGPT, did you do it? Though? Well, so long as you put it into Quillbot to make it look like my own writing <laughs> after it. What yeah. is Quillbot? Did Quillbot you get, is the. Did you is, get that from the students? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, is that the thing we're Anyways, guys, speaking of an 80% start, we're welcome to, to the Board Game Gateway episode yeah. 31, This House Rules. Uh, I am Ralph, I am your host for this evening, and to my left, we have Neva. Hello there. And to my right, I have Damien. Hi, everyone. Hey, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely, lovely to be here. Uh, Take, thank you for taking hosting duties away from me tonight. I'm, yeah, yeah, lovely to be here in your own house, Nate. Yes, back in my <laughs> own house. But as uh, if you are watching the video, you'll notice this is a bit of a, a different uh, backdrop. We are in uh, the new version of the studio. Uh, my Easter weekend was very busy, and part of that was moving two rooms. Our sitting room became our dining dining room, and our dining room became our sitting room. And but as as such. I got new shelves. Yeah. That was great, and I've been able to actually make them look pretty. So it looks amazing. You've done a great job. Does thank you. Awesome. Thank you very, very much. Very well done. Anyway, I'm looking forward to, you know, putting the different stuff. So if you're watching on the video, go to our YouTube channel at BG Gateway. You'll see all of the fun stuff. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud. Nothing, of nothing like a good Calyx, eh? Oh well, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I'm I'm happy that I've now got two of them. So uh, now I'm, but now I'm looking at the empty spaces, going, eh, I could fill that with a few more games. <laughs> uh, uh, Damien and I saw your secret earlier. You have board games behind board games now. Yes, I do. Yes. I do have a few. Like so. Yes, I've that's got... how problems start. Then. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. I was like, I did actually want to bring out a couple because I was initially going to be like, okay, well, I have my heavy euros behind the brass, and then I have. Uh, you know, oh. all of my legacy games behind Charterstone. So Charterstone and King's Dilemma is behind it. And then I was going to put all my pirate themed games behind Dead Reckoning. Uh, but they just happen to be out in a different shelf. But I'm still tempted to go, you know what, any sea Car- Caribbean theme just goes behind there. So it's like, it's like, you know. Well, little- I, I, I just want to say, oh, bless you. You still have like a. A, a, system. A, a system yes yeah. well on the far left which uh if you're watching the video uh over there that's my small box corner the three on the left and my cousin katie came over the other night and she went why don't we just color code them why don't we put them also the black there and white blue red green and then we just have rando brownie orange colors at the bottom right look I, I appreciate the system i really like it but that's not gonna last long no no, no, no. <laughs> i know look it's not it's Look, maybe I'll have to try and keep it in check a little bit. But I'll bit. tell you I'll... what, we should do that video you talk about where we actually go through your board game shelves soon oh, before yeah, it gets all messed up. We are going to do that. For, yes. I, we are actually going to do that for everyone on the on the podcast. Everyone at some point is going to have to go through all of their collection yeah. and, and explain I why they have games. I'm looking forward to That's it. That's going to be really good. That is frightening for me, just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have to edit that video down a little bit but that's all right just a small bit um but yeah guys how was your easter yeah it was really good um very busy um we uh, myself and damien we went to the board game barbecues uh autumn game day on easter saturday yes that was a massive day yes. it was 11 a.m till 11 p.m um and how many people were there you reckon oh there was about 140 um did they have two rooms they did have two rooms. rooms they had three rooms oh three rooms that's right they had a room dedicated to clock tower uh so, which was pretty fantastic so blood on the clock tower did get a special shout out 
Um, but uh, so at at their venue, so they they use our uh, Castle Hill RSL as their venue, and they did use the main sort of game, the, the main sort of convention room. Uh, as and I think they would have had about 110 people in there, just in that room alone. Just in that room, yeah. Spillover room had a good anywhere from 20 to 30 people during the main points of the yeah. of the day. Damien went as a volunteer, yes, um, and so he was helping run a few games throughout the day. Um, and I just went as a spectator slash player of games. Um, we played quite a few games. I ended up playing eight different games throughout the day. Um, Bot Factory, Escape Plan, to name a couple. Um, I got to try a couple of pre-release games. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked um and star tycoon which i'm gonna have a chat about just in a second and i also got to play a couple of little um other fun games around um we also got to meet a couple of designers we got to meet james allen who's the designer of drift one of yep. our uh, games that we did a live stream of yep. and uh he uh he's a really nice guy and um i didn't get to play it in person i was a bit oh, sad but that was because i was playing uh another game but demo uh, you were also uh, teaching games throughout the day yeah so that the, the- as Nee said, I'm there on sort of as a volunteer. Um, I've been I, I do help out the barbecue folks um, every now and then. Um, great crew that they have over there. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I was mostly teaching and helping out and sort of jumping in and helping out people as they were trying to work out what games to play and things like that. And it, it, it definitely is um, it, it definitely is a ton of fun to do things like that, um, especially when you get sort of the newer folks coming in. Um, who aren't too sure what to play, who say, you know, we've, we've played this game, what do you recommend? Um, I will say there was one scenario where someone asked me, do you know how to play Catan? And it occurred to me, Ooh. I haven't played Catan in about six or seven years and I couldn't remember how. Oh, <laughs> so no. Yeah, we so had to go look for ringers. You roll a seven and you throw it in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to go looking for ringers. So that that was... Um, That's an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, that, that one was definitely fun, but... Um, that's like questions you don't expect to hear at a board game event. It's kind of weird <laughs> because um, I can I'm generally pretty comfortable teaching people a number of different games, and I thought Catan was one of those ones I just had in the back of my head, not a problem. But the moment the board was on the table, I went, I can't remember how to play. <laughs> yes. So, like, can you teach me? Yes. <laughs> so, so, but um, but otherwise, uh, I. I was teaching a couple of games, so I taught um, and played Lords of Vegas, which is always amazing. Um, did teach and play um, El Grande, which is absolutely brilliant, and I will be talking more about that later on. Also had the opportunity to play some more Cat in the Box and teach that. Um, got the opportunity to play that with um, an up-and-coming designer, so Lee Parrott, um, who, who is the designer of a, of a hopefully soon-to-be-released board game called Grimwald. Um, Lee was awesome. He was a good value. Um, absolutely stomped us at trick taking games. So, yeah, such 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 a great day. So good. That sounds really awesome. Unfortunately, I couldn't make that one. Um, <laughs> we ended up just having a quiet Easter weekend with friends, but I did get a few board games to the table, which was quite cool. So we'll be t- touching base about that shortly as well. Um, but welcome to the podcast. This is the game, the podcast where we talk about all the board games that we're playing recently and that we love, and just want to share this hobby with more of you, really, and introduce more and more people to mm. this. And a great way of doing this is by showing you gateway games, which are games that are kind of a good entry point to board gaming. Some people think of board gaming as just your monopolies and things like that, but gateway games are other games that can get your family and friends into this hobby that we all love and enjoy. Mm. Today, our gateway game of the week is Cascadia. 
which is quite an interesting game with pretty little tiles and pretty little animals. And uh, we'll get into that shortly. Um, so look forward to that. But um, a game that I played on the weekend, which is a game that you guys actually bought for me, was Mafia de Cuba. Mm. Um, which is a nice social bluffing game. It's fairly simple as well. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but what I loved about that game is I played that this weekend with six non-board gamers, mm. and they loved it. They dived right in. Um, you know, there was one girl that I was playing with, and she could not lie for the life of her. <laughs> so throwing her under the bus when I was lying was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nate, that was your first time playing it this weekend as well. Yeah, I got to play it um, at the board game barbecues day. Um, this was at about 9.30, 10 o'clock oh, at yeah, night. It was literally in the that. closing stages of the Yeah, they the, like the to evening. throw the social games towards the end. Yeah, yeah and, and rightly so. So I had just come off the back of the game that I'll be talking of later. Um, after this but uh yeah mafia de cuba is it we played it i played with seven brand new people including mitch from the um board game barbecue crew um and he was the uh he was a godfather and you know if you don't know about mafia de cuba essentially it's just the godfather and then he passes around this cigar box of diamonds and that you can either take some of the diamonds out of the box or none or you can take a role out of the box and then claim to be those roles. So the roles are like you can be a henchman who's on the, the Godfather the, the side. side yeah. You can be like uh, the FBI informant who they want to get accused of stealing diamonds. And if they do, he springs the trap and everyone and he's the lone winner. Or you can be the driver. So the driver is like whoever the guy on my right is. I want him to win because he's the guy, you know. And so, but literally the game is just look in box, take some stuff out pass the box on and then yeah. it comes back to the godfather and yeah. he'll see whether or not how well he'll eventually see how many diamonds have been taken yeah. but then as if you take diamonds so in this game we had up to three of us could take diamonds essentially or maybe more when you take diamonds not everybody wins only the person who took the most diamonds wins so yeah. you're trying to take the most amount of diamonds without being caught and that you know, in of itself makes this game. Because so you're that's like, really cool because you have to remember what's in the box. Mm. Yeah, and if you don't, you look pretty suspicious yeah. already. Yeah, yeah. But if you're a thief, you might want to throw the other thief under the bus if yeah. you can work out who yeah. that is too. Yeah, like <laughs> my favorite builds, I called myself, I go, yeah, I was sitting to the left of Mitch, I was first pick, and he goes, what, you know, what was in the box? And I go, call me Johnny Tightlips because I ain't no squealer. I ain't saying nothing, boss. Right? <laughs> and, you know, and I was really tired at this point i just hammed up the role i'm like i don't care i was i was hamming up like the i'll tell you something later boss once i've got once i've got the more information you see and i was doing all this random stuff like pretending to be 1920s gangster even though this is a mafia de cuba um but you know i loved it the mafia travels yeah Yeah. it's it's a lot of fun demo you've played it as well so you know look this game is just stupid fun it's just yeah yeah, it is yeah look it's a it is a, in, in many ways a variation on werewolf and those style of games, but I I, I do like it more than mm. just because I think it I think it has that, that that little bit of role play element. It has that it, it and you and you have to lean into that. And I think I think it's where this game definitely shines. If you're someone who is not big on role playing, is not big on just really getting into the game and really enjoying that and interacting with people, um, it you may bounce off it. And I've, I have played Mafia with people who have bounced off the game because that's not them. Yeah, They are Euro gamers at heart and all the power to them. That's great. 
Um, but if you are the type, especially when it gets to that point in, in the night, if you've had a beer or if you're just tired and you just go, you know what, we're going to do this, we're gonna, just going to lie to each other for the next mm. 45 minutes, um, Mafia the Cube is great. What I liked about is a rule that I discovered because we are playing it wrong previously. Um, if you're the last player to get this box in Mafia the Cube, uh, you can pick to, instead of taking a token or taking a diamond or multiple, you can pick to take nothing and you become the street urchin. Mm-hmm. And if the Don says to you, empty your pockets and you have to reveal that, the game's over and the thief that stole the most still wins. Yeah. But you're just kind of on that person's team in a way. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's really tough to determine if that last player is yeah. lying or not. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a lot of fun. And um, just to carry on from last episode as well, where we had the Mind Extreme mm-hmm. as one of our gateway games. I got that out a few times with two different family groups this weekend. Sweet. A uh, couple of players that have never played it, the Mind before as well. And it was too much for those players that have never played the mind. The extreme, <laughs> yeah. The extreme, yeah. The extreme yeah. version was too much, but those that had, um, they absolutely loved it as well. Yeah. So yeah. highly recommend that if the, if you have been exposed to the mind before. But I, I, I still maintain you could absolutely introduce people um, to the mind by playing the mind extreme. And instead of going to the 400, you just go to 50. You can. Yeah. yeah. And then you say, okay, now you got to feel for the game. Let's play it properly. Definitely. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I uh, just want to move on now to um, the board game barbecue event themselves. Um, I have been to two previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day in particular, I was pretty spoiled. I basically followed Damien all day and played on all these tables. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. <laughs> he treated me to some too many bones. Yeah, and, uh, Lords of Vegas. That was fantastic. Yeah. I, yeah. I uh, We actually didn't really see each other most of the day, to be oh, honest. No. Perfect day then. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. No, no, no. It was... Listen, for, for me personally, that those days tend to be pretty busy, mm. um, especially when you have the bigger events. Mm-hmm. Like the day that you mentioned, it Ralph. It was a quieter one. Yeah, day, it, yeah. it was a quieter one. Um, I remember we played a ton of Crocodile as well, we and did. that was fun. That was a really good day. Um, this one was, yeah, this one was a lot busier. Um, kind of expected. It's the holidays as well. But um, for me, the highlight of the day, though, had to have been teaching uh, three people um an oldie absolute oldie definitely a goodie el grande i love it um which was and always remains absolutely amazing um what is el grande el grande is arguably the granddaddy of all area control games so by area control what we mean is the goal of the game is to control certain parts of the map and to actually to have a majority of troops on that map yeah. Um, Normally, it's like having the most amount of meeples or something in an something area, something like that, or some yeah. some token some or some dude on the map game. Kind of, yeah. Except the difference between El Grande and a number of other games is that there is no fighting. Um, it's literally you push cubes on into a region, and then your opponents will try and take those cubes out of that region and disperse you in various ways. Um, the way the game works, simply put, is. You are playing a card to auction for uh, turn order. Um, the higher the value, the the, the, the earlier you go in the, for, for that particular round. And then you basically pick an action card, and that action card then also allows you to put your troops on the map. Super simple, always fantastic, extremely tight. Sounds really quick. Um, but yeah, uh, we had it. We basically got that done in about ninety minutes with the teach, which was really good. Four players. Four players. Oh, three players, you said. No, no. So it was four. So okay, it was yep. three. Three new players. Cool. Um, 
and it's always a great time. Always a fantastic time. So um, the only problem with that game it is woefully out of print. Oh, yeah. Woefully say, out like, of print. Typically, area control games are very mean. Is this a mean area control nope. game? This one's not really mean as such because you don't remove things more so than you do is just move... Like, sorry, you don't remove other people's play it like you can from time to time due to an action card but generally you're pushing your guys from an adjacent region or other regions into that region to take control yeah you're not like going all of the work that you've done is now kaput it's like i've now taken majority and if you want it back you have to do a little bit more work to get majority not as confronting no 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 there's definitely no confrontation in the game Probably the, the, the only real mean elements in the game are, as Nui said, uh, you can move your opponent's... Um, Meebles uh, around and out. They're called, yeah, they're called uh, caballeros. Um, move to different parts of the map. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can take the king. So the king is a piece on the board, and typically when you place the king in a region, it means that people can only interact with regions directly surrounding the king, but they cannot interact with the region that the king is in. That is a specific rule. In fact, in the actual rule book, it says the king's region is taboo. Mm-hmm. Also, any regions that are not directly adjacent. So you can That's say right. all the work that I've just done, you can now no longer stuff that up unless you want to move the king and spend a turn yep. doing that. So yep. it's like So another way to be mean is actually just is there is every every round there is the king card. Um and if you if you choose to take that card, you get to take the action of you can place the king anywhere on the board. So you can actually, in terms of it being mean, um, biggest air quotes ever. Yeah. It, it, what you can do is you can take that card and say, okay, I'm going to move the king over here, potentially removing a player's ability to further reinforce a region or completely blocking their region or altogether. Allow players to only try and stuff up another player's region. Yes. So I could say I could put it there and these are the regions that you're yep. controlling, Ralph. And therefore now every other player, if they're going to be putting dudes down, you're in your region. Yeah. I will say that my favorite thing about the game is the Castillo. So there is a little castle on the board. It almost seems unnecessary. Um oh it absolutely is unnecessary. It absolutely you unnecessary. Put it into a bag or something, but, but it doesn't it's, matter. It's but a little there, tower. There is this little tower that's on the board, and instead of putting your caballeros on the map, you can choose to put your caballeros inside the tower. The only rule when you do so is you have to announce how many of your caballeros are going in there. Further to this, we I, I have a house rule. I didn't enforce it on the on the weekend just because we had a few new players. Yep. Uh, but what I'd say is you have to follow the rule and say, yep, you have to announce how many you are putting in there. But moving beyond that, if a player asks you how many did you put in there, the rule book says you don't have to answer. I've I've taken a bit of grace with that and said, you can lie about your answer after <laughs> that. So, so no one can see what's in the tower. Exactly right. It's a bit of a memory game. It is. So it's a bit of a memory and game. Is it revealed at the end? It is. So it's revealed three times throughout the game. So okay, every cool. every third round, the tower gets revealed, and the tower itself has its own scoring opportunity. Um, that's why it's kind of important. But it's it's very, it's one of those things in this game that it's it's almost like a sore thumb. 
it almost looks like it's just been added on at the end. <laughs> but it, it works, but it, it makes, makes the, the game, game so uh, great. What's in so, the box? <laughs> it's that. It's that. It's like, what's in the box? Well, because it turns what is a very tight area control game into also, you need to figure out how much you're willing to actually put towards this pressure on the board. Yeah. But if you don't go for the tower at all, you're going to lose some big points. Yeah. So, Damien, it sounds like you've played this game quite a bit. Yes. Why was this the highlight of your board game barbecue experience? Because I am a massive fan of older games. I am a massive fan of um, games that are games that represent a, 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 a way of designing board games or a style of board game that hasn't gone, but just does just is very difficult to find these days. So El Grande is definitely one of those games. It is a very, very simple, very, very refined area control game with no additional bells and whistles. If this was on Kickstarter today, it would be the worst failed campaign campaign on Kickstarter ever because there are no extras. It is a board with bits of wood and a tower. That's it. There's no plastic. There's no and some cards things. and some cards. A deck of cards and, and, and a deck of cards. A metal tower with you, holographic you could. and you know. <laughs> I'm sure there could be app integration as well Definitely. and stuff like that. But look, it's a super simple game. Um, it's it's such a shame that it is so out of print. I really, really do hope that um that a reprint and maybe even a complete redesign of the artwork does happen soon. But it is a brilliant game. And to, to any of our listeners, if you ever get the opportunity to play it, um, please, please take the opportunity. Um, Whilst it's not the same, it is available on BGA, on yes, Board Game Arena. it is available. So if you do board, want to play it on Board Game Arena and you can't find someone or you don't have access to Damien, I do highly recommend playing it on Board Game Arena because it is still just as good to play. Um, yes, you don't have the tactility of dropping the cubes in the tower and a few other little things, but the game itself is still really tight and still really good on playing yeah. BGA. Yeah, so. I think I'll have to dive in and try that as well. Um, now, Nate, this was your first kind of board game day mm-hmm. outside of like doing Goobacon with your family and mm-hmm. friends. What did you think of the event? I really enjoyed it. My um, kind of going into the day was I wanted to play games that I had not played before. Um, I did with the exception of one, which was there was a couple of ladies who actually had a game of Bot Factory Uh, um, out. And I Did you teach them how to play? I did. I saw them. They were struggling a little bit. And I said, hey, ladies, how are you going? And there's one other person. I said, it's always fun when you like feel like you can. Yeah. And and I was like, you know what? I wanted to play. I just gotten out of playing Escape Plan. I want to give it before I come back to Bot Factory. I'd like to give a big shout out to mj from the volunteer crew um because she was teaching the game and this is one of her favorite games and she was going to be playing it with the group of five now i i hadn't booked in and i just mentioned this looks really cool and i just said look if one of them doesn't rock up can i just take that seat i just i looks really cool um escape plan is a um Vlada, a Vlada game? No, it's no, Lacerda. Uh, yeah, Lacerda game. Um, and I'd like, look, I'd really like to. And she goes, yeah, no problems. And I was standing around watching Damien get ready for his um, Lord of the Rings play. Oh, but yeah, also doing around, a few push-ups. Not the, the, no, 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 Lords yeah. of Vegas, Lords sorry. Of Vegas. Not Lords yeah. of the Ring. Lords of Vegas play. And I was just standing I'm around not, waiting. I, there's no way in the world I'd play Lord, nah. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and finish in a day. And, finish, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I was just waiting around just to see if someone didn't rock up. And she just said, look, yeah, play. 
Yep. I went, no, I don't want to take your seat because I don't want to take it away from you because, you know, this is your day too, and even though you're having lunch. She goes, no, 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 sit down, play. She was actually I played escaping. It a, I've played yeah. it a lot. <laughs> Very well done, Ralph. <laughs> um, she goes, I've played it a lot. It's one of my favorite games. I'd love you to play it and see why it's one of my favorite games. And I, I thanked her profusely. That's pretty genuine. That's and really nice. It was really nice of her to yeah. do that. Um, I ended up coming third out of the five players. Took about two and a half hours. Um, and that was, I just need to give her a big shout out because that was my first introduction to the crew and everything was. It's really nice when game. you like bump into a genuine person in the board game community as well. Yeah, like, yeah that was great. Like yeah. give up their spot in a two and a half hour game. Like yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and yeah, that was really good. So I really enjoyed that. But that's not the game that I want to talk about. I want to have a quick chat before, about. Before you dive into that, Ooh. I want to know what was the highlight for you overall for the game day itself? Oh, the game. Oh my god. Well, honestly, that was the highlight. That was the that highlight? was the highlight. It started off as good as it could get. Um, yeah. because someone literally gave up their seat to let me play in a game that I thought looked pretty cool. My wife and I went, um, I think their second game day, and we had a similar experience. We walked in, literally two steps in, and someone yelled out, I have two for Furnace. And I was like, I've never played that. You're going to teach us? Yeah, and me and my wife just jumped into a game of Furnace, and we had a great time. Mm. It was a, like the perfect introduction to a game day is like that. Yeah, yeah it was great. So that was yeah. my that honestly was my highlight. Also, the late night social deduction was great fun too because you're just the right amount of tired and ready just to have yeah. some fun. I'm but, really excited to see what, what this game is. Yeah, so I want to have a quick <laughs> chat about this game called Star Tycoon. Now, if you're listening to this and this sounds familiar, what it is, it's a game that has just become has just gone through its Kickstarter phase. Um, it's designed by Peter Sanderson, or that's who uh, I believe so. He and he is an Australian, um, and um, they have successfully kickstarted. They wanted twenty five thousand dollars, and they got eighty thousand. So is they it still open. Or is it no, it's closed, but they are going to be doing um, uh, late backing. Now I cool. held off because I wanted to back it, but I'm like I am really holding off on games at the moment unless they yeah. pique my interest. But I love tycoon games on the computer. Um, so as soon as I saw sci-fi and tycoon yeah, kind of in the I'm title together. for like roller coaster tycoon. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So then one of the uh, community, Kim, said he was um, doing some testing of it today or was going to do so and wanted and if anyone wanted to play it. And I saw it and I'm like, yes, please let me play this game. And I played it. We got it to the table at about 5, 4.30, 5 o'clock. And uh, we did the teach. And then yep. the game took about two, two, two hours to two and a half hours. So what the game is, it's basically a game of unit conversion and planet building and uh, developing. So very simply, you start with a unique uh, race. I was playing as the Kratak Financial Consortium or something like that. Basically, my guys gave me this option of being able to manipulate the stock market. Yeah. And there is a stock market in this game. It sounds like it with a name like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a stock market. And then so basically the way that you get points is that you have to develop planets. So you have to colonize planets. Yep. Those each planet will give you a goal that it needs. For example, this planet wants you to have produce wants you to be producing two uh, brown minerals. Mm -hmm. This planet wants you to have um, you know, want you to be producing three science minerals. This planet wants you to produce one brown, one pirate token, right? So there's, and so what the, so as you develop or you colonize planets, that gives you what you need to start doing. Then you have the option to, to buy development cards. The development cards are cards that go underneath those planets and those, and each planet can only have a certain amount of developments, either one, two, or three. Um, and then those basically basically give you your income for the rest of the game so it says right. okay if i was able to put a production of 
you know, one, one green, one brown. Every At the beginning of every one of my browns, I get one green, one brown, yep. and then I can start adding more and more. And so therefore, so I'm not only trying to get my goals, but I'm also trying to figure out my production. So, so it's like a little tableau builder. Yeah, very much yeah. a tableau yeah. builder with some production. But there, where the game... There are elements of it that sound very much like it's a wonderful world. So far. Yes, it is. So far, and, yes. And, yeah. it is, and that is a very good comp but and you'll that, see why. there's no yeah. stock market in that, right? No, and no, this, no, there isn't. And this is where the game got why I really Hold piqued my interest. Apologies, there is a card called... called it may actually be called stock market. Look, it may yeah. very well, but Sorry. I know me and any game where there's a stock market or you can manipulate some sort of stock yeah. is there. Like, I've literally yeah. been playing stockpile on yeah. BGA, that's but that's, the point. that's is... a mood. That's a mood point. Continue on. Now, the stock market is a really big thing. So each of the can, five... Can you say stock market one more time? No, because my voice is going to be <laughs> hoarse anyway. Of the five main resources, there is a conversion board. So there are five production resources then there's one called energy and there's one called pirate tokens. The okay. five production resources start at a trade value of one to one. So you are allowed to, on your turn, trade each um, token, or each resource once. So you can either turn an energy into that resource or resource into an energy. And the right. rate at which you can do that is determined by other players throughout the game because the stock market doesn't reset. So if I was to turn my one green mineral into an energy, that pushes the stock market down the stock market cube into the energy. So now the next person who wants a green resource can actually go for one green resource, I can get two energy tokens and push oh. it back the other way on the stock market. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yes, yeah. right? So you can do that with once per turn for each of the five minerals. Cool. And why that was cool is my, my guys. So once I've pushed it once, and you can only do ever do a one trade. So I can't go, I have three green, therefore give me three energy. Yeah. No, you're only allowed to do it for one. You can only go whatever the current rate is, you either do yeah. one and then get the return or you pay the exorbitant price to keep getting it if you need it. So there's a bit of stock market manipulation here because if I know that Ralph really wants it, I can get on it and do the trade to make it more expensive coming up into his turn. That's pretty yeah. clever. Like my that. guys, my special ability was I am allowed to do two action, two trades of the same resource once per round. So I could say, you know what, I really need brown. And I got this in the final round of the game, which was the brown was worth for one brown resource. I could shift that into three energy. Yep. Then that shifted it to two. So then I did it again. And so for two brown resources, I had five energy, which I could then spend on other resources in the game. So I mentioned at the beginning that developments, um, you can make developments for your planets, but there's three levels of them. The level one, level two, level three. Obviously the level threes are much more expensive. So you need like five resources compared to one resource for the level mm -hmm. one. So you're yep, looking yep. to try and get as much as you can. And then obviously the big scoring point cards, the big developments are you need eight of specific resources, like six of one and two of another. So you're trying to gain production, convert them into the things that you need, manipulate the stock market, and and as such get the most amount of points. Do you know how many players this plays? It plays at four, up four. to four, up to four players, which is what we played it at. So you've, you've mentioned sort of resources and energy, um, but is all this sort of, uh, pinned by money, or is or are the or, or is energy the currency? Energy is the is the external okay. currency. Yeah, there is a pirate um, currency, and there are some cards that are like, hey, you can pay three, three of these energy or one pirate. Oh, okay. Now at yep. the end of your turn, you're only allowed to save seven 
resources to take into the next round. And the thing about the pirate tokens is that they can never be discarded when you have to discount. Gotcha. So you can take more pirate tokens as part of your production, but if you're ever above seven, you are not allowed to discard them. You have to discard useful energy out of your This hand. market, the, stock, the market and the stock manipulation, granted different theme, sounds exactly like Clans of Caledonia, where um, instead of energy and um, various resources, you, your resources are very, like various types of foods. Like you, could have, you have meat, cheese, wheat, a few other things and again it's the same thing um where you could say if you know that someone is going to need something what you can do is um if you have the cash to do so you can make it expensive just by purchasing it before their their turn and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. if they want it um they're gonna have to pay a bit more or find another way to get those resources Yeah. yeah yeah super interesting yeah there's a, there's a few things that i haven't mentioned as well which i'm not really going to go into but there are some like six different corporations that you can buy like you can get to and if you get that that means any cards that are sponsored by that corporation is free for you from that point onwards yep. but no one in the game got them um there's also like end of game um scoring things yep. which was like okay in this game you need to have um you need to have six planets now the game only plays over six rounds so you get oh, six cool. turns. Yep. And this is where I need to say I won the game. I had a lot of fun with the game. And I can honestly say I am very glad I did not back it on Kickstarter. Oh, Whoa. no. The, the twist. The twist. He got us. He had me hooked I, in. I was already looking at the Kickstarter. So there was, a, oh, there was no late pledge. And I was like, oh, no. no. There, there is a late pledge. And I'm not going to be doing it. And here's so the reason. why is that? Because the downtime was horrendous yeah at four okay so to give you an idea this is a very old style of game which is in games such as twilight imperium or other things it's i take one action then you take an action then you take an action and then eventually we all start taking actions and then we can pass out of the round yeah right in this game it is just it is your turn do as many actions as you can then pass, then go to Ralph. Gotcha. Yeah. Rinse yeah. and repeat. I now, can see ki- how that's a problem at four players. And I've played game. I mentioned Furnace 10 seconds ago. Um, but the at, Furnace has a phase where everyone actions their tableau mm-hmm. simultaneously. That's not really possible in Star Tycoon because of the stock market nope. manipulation. Yeah, exactly right. And, yeah. and at, at lower player counts, um, I'm asking Luigi if you happen to know, um, is there a way to alter, like, is, is there a bot that would alter the stock market I or anything like that? I don't know. They, so they, because this is in pre-release. Yeah. Okay. Now, and I will also say, I think the game is pretty cool and it's definitely got its place. Yeah. Um, but Kim, who was the guy who was showing us the game, was actually taking notes. And he actually was, he was, some of the notes he was taking because it was pre-release, he was like taking how long each player's turn had. Now, in so, a four you, play, so he was playtesting. He well. was playtesting yeah. it, yeah. So he noted down that the average time of every player's turn was anywhere from five to seven minutes. So at a four-player game, Ooh. that was 21 oh, minutes, boy. anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes of downtime before I got my turn. Now, I frustrated the players not like i was doing bad stuff but on my turn i was all about market manipulation and one of the things you can do was i was like and also for the developments i was siphoning through cards you can spend one energy to get rid of the developments on the deck put them underneath and draw three more and i was after very specific things for my yeah for my tableau tableau. so i on one turn legitimately siphoned through the deck six times through three decks yep and that meant the guy to my left 
could not pre-plan anything. Yeah. He could not do it because he was like, there's no point in pre-planning it because yeah, you're, you're siphoning through the, cards, the deck. And yeah. I go, and he goes, I'm not angry at you because that's what you've got to do because you're trying to get it. And I went, yeah. And so because of that, that's why I'm sitting there going, I'm having a lot of fun when it's my turn. But I am yeah. wait. My turn is taking anywhere from five minutes to seven minutes, and then I have fifteen to twenty minutes of so downtime. I feel that. like even if this game, by the sounds of it, I haven't played it, but if it was played at two players, it will fix that problem. But yes, it's so easy to determine what type of game your opponent is playing in that case. So the stock market manipulation isn't that exciting. Yeah, like the this, the stock market man- manipulation would be non-existent. That, that's that's right. why I was asking if there's some sort of bot which modifies the market between turns. You're because not, like, no. yeah, yeah, There are some events that happen and there was one actually event card which completely we were like, you have to get rid of that in, in full sure. release, which was basically on turn six, the event said flip the end of game scoring condition because it has two sides. Yeah. So we were all working for six planets for the entirety of the game yeah, for the and they said flip rounds. it and it changed mm-hmm. completely now luckily what it said was you need to have 12 developments instead yeah. which we all did so no one was pissed off but can you imagine if you were yeah, working for maybe it's like that by design so if you're already going towards one objective you're almost fulfilling the second one anyway the, i think mm. i think the, the, the issue i have is that this sounds like a like a dry euro where, where there is. is very there is zero luck or, or at the very least it's very very little luck um, yes, and the, that's very true. And the problem is, is that if you're if you're player number four, okay, and player number one has the ability to grossly modify the board state, and then player number two does the same thing, and then player number three does the same thing, yes, you could argue, well, it's your responsibility during your downtime to see what's going on and try to plan. But you can't, you can't, you can't. and that, that was the you big can't. issue. So, so yeah. on my turn, I was very big on like, okay, I knew what I was trying to do, convert energy, doing stuff, doing it. Yeah. And I knew I had some of the longest turns because I was doing the most conversion. I was doing the most siphoning because I was yeah. doing, that was That's my whole thing. That's the way your tableau was. My yeah. Whole thing. That's yeah. my whole thing, right? Now, I want anyone who's listening to this going, sounds like a pretty negative. I really enjoyed the game when I was playing it. When I was my turn, had a lot of fun. It clicked really well. I understood what I was doing. I won the game, right? So I knew what I was doing and I enjoyed it. But the downtime was just excruciating. And so I don't want to be too hard on it. I'll be honest, like at a game day, you want to be playing games. So that would have been really tough to sit there for 40 minutes. Especially when I heard the game of, I heard Ready, Set, Bet being played and people were yelling. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I really wish I could be in there. That that, that game, that game did get loud. They got got very loud. They got very, very loud. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to go on too much more about it because I don't want it to come off too negative. But I do want to say that I don't think if I I would, I'd play it again in a heartbeat at maximum three. But I actually think at two player, this could be actually really cutthroat. Because I do believe you could do some market manipulation. I do think it does require, like you said, a bot that would manipulate it a bit further. Yeah. Um, just to help like the swings and things. Yeah. But I do want to say thank you to Kim for showing it to me. Thank you for the players playing it. I will keep my eye on it, but I am glad that I didn't back it and I got the play test. For those that are interested to try it, it is available on Tabletop Simulator. Yes. So you can download that mod and I'm pretty keen to check this one out. To Look, be yeah, I'd be willing to... It sounds like a game I'm keen on. I actually think as well playing it with you guys would be a lot of fun. Playing it with people who understand those Tableau Builder like market manipulation and can yeah. have some fun and stuff. I do think that there is the ability to make it 
turn by turn. Yeah. But there are some things that the rule, some rules just don't allow you to do. Yeah, that, and so. it's 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 worth it's worth just re, um, reiterating. Reiterating. Thank you very That's much. Okay. That's Words. Um, reiterating <laughs> that the game is very, very much in pre-production. Yes. So it is, it's yeah. entirely possible that um, they the rules are going to change and they're going to fix some of these yeah. things. So like, it's absolutely going to happen because we spoke to Kim, who is who was doing the playtesting for the guys, and there is a lot of notes going back to them going, Perfect. And look, and they have said, look, That's you know, great. after maybe two or three games with uh, some people, the game really do- will pick up. Yeah. If that game played in less than um, 90 minutes, it wouldn't be an, an issue. But because it took us anywhere from about two and two to two and a half, it just felt too long. Look, I don't yeah. want to watch the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy before I understand what's going on in the first movie. That's <laughs> <It's> fair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly fair. right but yeah anyways but that was star tycoon um well, I'm, I'm glad you had a great board game barbecue day me that too it was great cool. i'm looking forward to the next one i really am i'm, I'm really keen did they announce anything when the next one is? Dan? They haven't announced no. anything yet um, love of sydney their brisbane no, one's coming no doubt yeah. no, no doubt it will they be the tour. Yeah. yeah no doubt it will be on one of my kids birthdays for any of the barbecue folk who are listening you have this magic ability of organizing your events on the same day as one of my kids' birthdays. It's like so they never ask you before. They never ask, they yeah. don't. They don't. So, no, look, thanks again to the guys for organizing that and hosting it. Um, it's, it's always a great day. Fun, yeah. And I just remembered, I also played Age of Steam. I can't believe I forgot that. Oh, and I won. It was amazing. But I'll talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll have to cover that. I think we might move on to our gateway game of the week. Uh, yeah, just, let's do so. Just before I do, I might actually ask you guys one at a time to say the name of our gateway game before we introduce it. Uh, Damien, you first. Cascadia. Cascadia? Cascadia. And with that, we cascaded into oh. our gateway oh. game. <laughs> I can't believe we walked into that you one. You guys fell for that too we easy. We walked into it. <laughs> yeah, these guys, I don't know if you see it on video or not, but you can probably hear it. They're oh. not impressed with me. <laughs> I'm impressed that 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 you 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 put the bait out there and just, I did. just sat it there for a little bit and you, we walked right but into it. But you walked into it because it's a great game. Uh, <laughs> um, it was so a Damien, good game. would you like to introduce the world to Cascadia for us? I don't know if I can introduce the world. I can certainly introduce our audience into Cascadia. Um, so, Cascadia so at its sure. heart is a tile laying game. Uh, what you are going to be doing is you are going to be building out your land, your land mass, uh, which contains five different regions. So, you have mountains, deserts, swamplands, oceans, and forests or woodland. Um, Essentially, they're just little tiles. They're little tiles, yeah. and they like have. Side, they look like a 50 cent piece type little, size. little hexagons. They're little, yeah, yeah they, they are little hexes. Um, and the hexes themselves will have two different land masses on them. And the goal, and all you're doing is that you are basically taking a hex and, a, and an animal token off the, off the common market in front of all the players, and you're adding that to your tableau. Yeah, tableau yeah, a little I suppose. map in front a little of you. Map. Yeah. And, um, the, and then the animal token that you took with your tile, you're then placing that on your map wherever there is a matching image of an animal token. Um, it is a super, super simple game. It has a number of different scoring uh, requirements or, or, or rather goals, if you will, for end game scoring. There is only one scoring round, which is just at the end of the game. Um, and that's really it. You get 20, you basically do this 20 times. Yeah, you get 20 turns in the game. And, and essentially, who, and who, whoever fulfills the um, scoring objectives best at the end of the game will likely end up winning. So I loved how there was five animals. Um, so there's the, the fox, the bird, yep. um, the, the bear, bears, bears, the elks, salmon. and the salmon. Yes. Yeah. And each one of them has five different cards. Yes. And then you can sort of 
randomize it or you can pick how you want to play the game just the variability of the game was just insane yeah I, the, the thing i really like is how specific <laughs> the scoring rules are like in our game we we needed so for, for the for to score the bears that we we needed clumps of three bears and but it but there had to be a distinct clump so if you had so you need to have three bears and then no other animals around them or, or rather no no other bears around them. You need a daddy bear, a mummy bear, and a baby bear. That's exactly I mean, that's right. Obviously right. They're the three little bears. Exactly that's right. Exactly, exactly right. right. So so if you do that, you get ten points. Um and then the salmon. Uh the salmon you need to have a a a, a, a line. A stream. A stream of salmon. of salmon, if you will. Um and you got points based on that. So if you had if you had any salmon that were touching more than one salmon, um you get no points. Ralph of your salmon. Thanks, Ralph. Yeah, that was painful. I forgot what a stream of salmon looked like, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> and then um, the hawks are super interesting. Like the hawks are probably my favorite sort of sc- like because they don't they they typically don't want to be touching any other hawks, but they need to have line of sight of other hawks, which oh, I that's found clever. really interesting. And I know Ralph, yeah. you leaned into that one a fair I bit. I did. I, I typically don't like birds in board games, but this one, oh, in general, but this one was actually really cool, and I lent into the hawk strategy, which paid off as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Nee, what do you think, mate? Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is one of those games that every time I've seen it. I have gone, I don't get it. I don't get what the hype of Cascade yeah. is. Um from a from a from a very simple design point, it's you know, you may hear us saying, oh, central market and hexes and stuff, but it literally is as simple as pick a pick a land tile with some little animal icons and then pick an animal icon, like an animal token. That's it. That's yep. the game. You just add the hexes anywhere on your board. You are trying to just looking at the cards that are in the center and just going, okay, I think I want to try and make three bears. Okay, so I'll group my bears together. Or a clump of elk. Okay, I'll just elk, put some elk together. But then you add that with going, okay, well... <laughs> you just can't elk yourself, can you? Uh, he's... Look, See, this game lent into the puns. Um, the look, stupid wildlife puns. That's I must I apologize to the audience listening because we gave Ralph crap about his puns pre-podcast and he's trying he's trying to bring it back. Yeah, pun cast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Um, look, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Now, I will also say as well that I may have been suffering from the, the opposite of what a rose-tinted glass is, which is that I own Calico, which is Calico is another hex-placing calm yo know, game where it's like pick a hex out of a bag, add it onto your little quilt that you're making a calico quilt with cats and so when i saw cascadia to start with i went i've already got calico it's not one of my favorite games but i do enjoy it but the thing is what calico what calico doesn't have is the spill de Jaris award no it does not does this one uh, it does so it this does. Uh, i've got so the copy that i have is the kickstarter copy oh, okay. and that came out before I did a win awards, I believe it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. So there you go. The seal of recommend, recommendation. And I will say now, having played it, I much prefer this to Calico. Like, granted, it is a bit uh, solitaire. So you can't affect anyone else. The only way that you can affect anyone else is literally by taking the, the hex that they want. Yeah, but, but that, that hurt me. It did, did yeah, hurt you. Know, but, both but you I guys will, were taking what I needed. But, <laughs> I, but I never took what you needed because you needed it. I yeah, took what right. you needed because I needed it. Like yeah, I never yeah. went, I never hate picked something. Now there is one other thing, which is there are some hexes which have these um, icon, uh, acorn symbols. Yep. So if you place an animal down on it, you get an acorn. That acorn can be used to do a couple of special things. But the main thing that it can do is that you're allowed to then take a hex, any hex and any token on the board. Normally you have to take them as a, an, a distinct pair. Yeah. 
but right. the acorn allows you to take specific ones which is really good they're also worth victory points at the end of the game so like you have to make the choice of do you want to give up a victory point for the animals the answer normally to that question is going to be yes because yes. they're only worth one vp uh, damien you end up winning by 10 vp in our game so it wouldn't have mattered that much of keeping the acorns anyway That's right yeah um i actually really like this the design is so simple that it's literally it looks a bit complex when you're looking at it but it's mm. actually not it's literally take hex take token put it on your board somewhere and just try and make it the best that you can based on the scoring conditions. You don't need to worry about what the scoring conditions are in a podcast like this. It's literally, you'll find out when you play, but they're just like, make a pattern. What pattern are you making? You'll find out when you yep. start the game. Yeah. And because of that, it is really accessible. The color is really good. Now, um, Ralph, you know, for the listeners, you know, you oh, do have colors. some. The so, colors were amazing. Yeah. So you have a bit of, a bit of color blindness, but you know, as people know, so that's why I'm always interested to know like when, yeah, with, with, the colors popped perfect so the, and that, the whole game pops for me. yeah now we did think is so it is very like reminiscent of like king domino in terms of the mm-hmm. lands and so then obviously the secondary layer is like well once you've done your animal tokens the thing that you start to look at is like okay well maybe if i put this here i can put you know make a bit of a desert tile or yeah. i can make a bit of a forest or a, a swamp or a, a lake or a mountain region and you want to do that because those are earth victory points and that's what end up winning you the game at the end there damien which was that Ralph and I were tying on the second so many times that we got zero points, whereas you just stormed away having... And that is only because I have crippling OCD. <laughs> so thank you, OCD. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, Ralph, what did you think about it? Um, um, yeah, so I'll reward those long-time listeners. Um, we've mentioned a game... We fe- featured a game called King Domino previously as our gateway game of the week, and previously we also featured Carcassonne. This is if those two games melded together and had a baby. Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, very... That's I, fair. I, yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. give that, yeah. And I absolutely loved it more than... I enjoyed Carcassonne and more than King Domino, I'd say. Um, the simplicity of just picking what you wanted and putting it in front of you was amazing. Yeah. The strategy of thinking how do I want to score this was fantastic. I feel like you can play this with anyone because you don't even need to be understanding the scoring to just pick something and put it in front of you yeah like you can play this with a with a kid that's five years old that don't worry about the scoring pick a thing put it in front of you make a pretty picture and you that th- th- that's exactly how um we, we play it at home so i play it with my younger son mm. um so we mentioned king domino he loves king domino um but he leans towards cascadia um these days more yeah just because it has it, it is it is a little bit prettier I, I believe anyway. It is. It's, yeah. it's entirely, Absolutely. entirely sub- subjective, but he likes the fact that there are little animals on it. He loves the fact that it's more than just simply take a tile and put it on your tableau. It's arguably a little less restrictive than King Domino. Absolutely. King, King Domino is restricted yeah. to five by five grid. Yeah, this one you can just place so long as it's touching a hex. That five by five grid in King Domino, like if you play it on Board Game Arena, you can see what it is vi- That's visually. Right, yeah. But when you put the... Yeah five by five grid on the table in front of you and you're trying to build to that restriction it's really tough <laughs> it, you can yeah you, you, you can totally miss it um yeah look i i think i would argue cascadio is actually one of the if i was to pick a terms to say ultimate sort of gateway games particularly particularly when you when you consider it's a game i have successfully put in front of kids and non-gamers before yeah and we've gotten up and we've played no not a problem because it kind of feels like the puzzle itself feels like something that will just be in the newspaper yeah that's you right know? like it's very simple sort of puzzle yep. yep it is extremely pretty um it's it's clear on the table people can follow what is going on the components are lovely yep um 
going back to the artwork again, Beth Sobel is the artist on this one for any fans um, out there. She's also the artist on Wingspan. It's a game. So I suppose some people may have heard of. I don't know. It kind of did okay in the in the board game scene. Just a little bit. Just just, just a little bit. bit okay. Three expansions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and yeah. And the rule set is super tiny. The rules are written over two sort of square pages, yeah, cool. and the end game scoring is really straightforward. And then finally, variability with a family rules option. So family scoring guide option, which that is would be what, cool to see. I didn't get to see that. Yeah. Tonight. So the the family scoring options are are similar to the more advanced or the regular game options. They're just simpler. It's just something you can just put in front of a kid and says for and say for instance, hey, get two bears together, you're going to get eight points. I, th- I believe it is from memory. Love it. Really simple stuff. I will say that this game does give the added benefit of. So it took us about half an hour, just just yeah, under like that. 25, 25 to half an hour and with, that, with the teach with the teach and but that time limit is the perfect amount of time to make kids feel like they've played a meaty game. Whereas yep. a game of King Domino can be played in less than 10. Yep. And when you play King Domino, sometimes you feel like one game is not enough. Whereas with Cascadia, with kids, this can feel like, you know what, you get a coffee, you get a tea, we have a relaxing time, get your drink, we'll sit down, we'll play a game, and you can actually, in a couple of games in an hour, and have an hour completely go by, and the kids would be like, oh, that's already an hour and i think it's it hits that perfect time limit of not too long yeah you know, like like the three bears it's not you know not too hot not too cold it's not too long not too short it's just right yeah for that gateway game sort of you know level i think it hits that sweet spot absolutely and when we finished our game to, uh, earlier i just wanted to play it again i would have played it yeah. again immediately it is on board game arena i'm pretty sure as well so i'm gonna dive into um that. i i also know that they have they had their own website it may still be up so what oh. happened one I don't know if it was someone who was associated with the game during the Kickstarter campaign. They actually built just a web app, just runs in the browser where you could just play the game. That sounds great. Played it a ton during lockdown. Love it. It was amazing. Perfect. So much fun. Anyway, I think uh, I'm looking forward to at the end of this year when we go through our top 10 gateway games again. I... I know oh, my. I, I know that well. The the the, uh, the four of us hadn't played it when we did it last year, and I have yeah. a sneaking suspicion we'll see this one come screaming yeah. up the ranks in but next year's knows. rankings. So as you can tell by all of us here, we highly recommend highly Cascadia. highly recommend highly recommend Cascadia. Yeah, yeah. So definitely check that one out. It's available pretty much everywhere you go now. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally going to sell my copy of Calico so I can get Cascadia <laughs> instead. It's, this Ooh, is. This. I hope Blake doesn't hear this. Oh, he's the cat man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He well, can buy it. He can buy it off of me. There you go. That, there Done. we go. Yeah. Sorted. Perfect. Sorted. See, we look after each other Easy on the board game gateway, don't we? We do. <laughs> Absolutely. Sharing uh, is caring. Um, anyways, guys, moving on to our um, sort of our theme for the week, actually. Um, this house rules, uh, where we're going to talk about house rules that we've adopted mm-hmm. into our board game lives. Um, me personally, I'm not a huge house rule gamer. I'm very much know the designer meant to play the game like this. We're going to play the game like this because personally, it's hard for me to draw that line of when is a house rule turn into cheating the yeah. game as well. Uh, but I'm interested to see if there's any house rules that you guys have implemented in your games that help improve and bring a second life to this I know Nee has one that I'm about to fight him over, but it's fine. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. There's one. a few of them. Look, and this kind of just stemmed from the discussion of we were talking about, like, can you remember when we all did this when we played this game? It's like, yeah. oh, my God, yes. And we realized that, stemming from what you said, Ralph, which is that a lot of house rules come from 
either things that we were trying to fix or just things we didn't like. Or, like, or but, even like a misinterpretation. A misinterpretation, yeah. yeah. We f- I found that a lot of the older rules that we we will talk about have come from people trying to change games. But I will say in this you know new generation of games, there's not really a need to revamp rules a lot of the yeah. time because yeah. the games are so specific and have really play-tested rules. Whereas back in the day, you know, they weren't. Um, we did actually put this question out to our community. We put it out to our Facebook group. We put it out to Discord. And we actually did have a couple of responses. I'd like to start with um, one um, from our Discord, uh, Discord community. Um, Mr. Formerly Offensive Name, uh, Kunz. That's not actually a rude word, but he's from France. Um, does sound like a rude word, but it's not what you think it is. Um, he basically said... Uh, he used to play um, in a Zombicide. His house rule would say, you know, always apply the new rules from the latest edition. So that was one thing. But he also said that one house rule that he does, which is adding carcass on, the rules state that you are to pick up the tile at the start of your turn and then place it. His house rule has always been pick up the tile at the end of your turn so you can start to get an idea of what the landscape is before someone puts down their tile. That's a really good idea. Just on the zombie side, well, I'm a big zombie side gamer myself at the time. The original rule was if you're in the same zone as another player and there's a zombie in there and you fire off a ranged weapon, uh, unless you like hit a perfect six, you shoot yourself. <laughs> um, and normally it hits on a two or a three. And right. they changed that in the new rules. Uh, whereas if you if you roll a five, six, you hit the zombie, a three, four, you hit the other player. Right. And I think a one, two, you hit yourself. So. I've adopted that as well very early on uh, into it as well. I do appreciate games that have living rule sets, like Millennium Blades, for example. That has got a living rule set. Um, um, I'm diving into Arkham Horror LCG a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. But I found with games that have that living rule set, they just ban some previous cards entirely. And then it's hard to keep track of as well. Yeah. 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 Um, We also have Shmikawu. Uh, Shmik Wahoo, sorry. Um, he's one of uh, our, our friends from the MacArthur Board Gamers. He's on Discord as well. Um, he says, um, in primarily in setup, he'll draw two cards instead of one. Uh, occupation cards in Feast for Odin comes to mind. Yes. Yeah, so just, I think, I, be- I haven't played Feast for Odin, but I believe that's to speed the game up a little bit. It's basically. It's to give you more options. Yeah, it's to give you more options. So, yeah. uh, just so our listeners know, so for those who haven't played Feast for Odin, um, an element of the game are these different cards and they're occupation cards. <coughs> there are actually three different decks that you can choose to play with and decks are huge. And when you consider that the game... They give you like your asynchronous powers. Really. Sometimes, but they also give you other abilities. Asymmetric. Asymmetric. I, I yeah. need to point this out. I've been listening back to our podcast and oh, we yeah. say asynchronous so many times when we mean maybe, asymmetric. Maybe we like, all say it differently. Oh, maybe yeah. yeah that's another pun that's yeah anyway i'm sorry to i'm sorry to interrupt so you but i had to point that out because if people have been listening and they've probably been yelling at us going that's the wrong word you yeah. idiots yeah anyways asymmetric is the word we mean. <laughs> we're learning we're getting better yeah, exactly. yes. <laughs> we will get there um but essentially these the 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 issue that that you have with the base rule set on these cards is that the decks are so big and the game itself takes two hours you may only see three of these cards four of right. these cards maybe and they may be dead draws every single time. At least being able to see a couple, um, it definitely does make things a little bit better. It can yep. certainly improve your engine. So, yes, I, I really do like that rule. Yep. So, then Schmickelbu also said that in Carcassonne, for, uh, just get rid of the farmers. 
just to re- yep. reduce the length of the game. Yep, absolutely. They're the, they're they're the, the best game? Yes, but yes. They're, they're the meeples that go on the green. So oh. you can either it's either just road or town. Yeah, so that's it. What, what, Roads, towns, okay. or churches. What you can do, you can lie a meeple down yeah, on the green yeah. and any surrounding areas. Well, if, if it's yeah, a bigger anything, field, yeah. bigger field and you get farmers, but... Oh, yeah. The fun in that? Well, it's it it does help with kids who don't have to worry about oh, green in the fair. farm. Yeah, making yeah. the game um, more accessible. And yeah. then the final one that we have on our Discord community, which you should go to on our website boardgamegateway.com. There's the links there for it. Uh, we had Carnival, who's Tristan, and he said that in the Arkham Horror Living Card Game, he house rules so that you draw three weaknesses at the start and you discard one, uh, and then re- you discard one of your choice and then one of one random from the remaining two so that so generally in that game i, I believe your character starts with a standard weakness and mm-hmm. then a random one goes in yeah and they can be absolutely game breaking and that's why he said yeah. that this is where like you know in an eight scenario campaign uh yep. it's not fun to play with a weakness that is pretty much insta giving you so i don't want to spoil anything but tristan and i will have some words about this <laughs> i did say to him, i completely agree with this all heart yeah so, and so he basically <laughs> said look you know so house rule it so that they draw three you discard one of your choice but then you have to choose and then one of the other ones is i random. think that's genius uh, yeah. yeah i'm a house rule gamer now <laughs> so that's good so that was those are the responses that we came from our discord community so thank you to those guys we did have a few on our um face Facebook page as well um there's been some really funny ones but before we get to the facebook ones i just want to point out the this kind of stemmed from the specific uh rule that we all kind of know and most of the people know uh, this which is the monopoly house rule the free parking house oh, yes. rule <laughs> which is instead of any time that you have to pay money to the bank where do you put it in the center of the board center of the yeah. board and if you then land on free parking what do you get you get all of the money. And I understand why this is a house rule and why people pick this as a house rule. The game goes over quicker, hopefully. Well, it's more so about being less mean because you're like, hey, yeah. you're low on yeah. money. Maybe you'll get an injection of cash. Yeah. But the thing is, you don't realize that that is the complete wrong thing to do That's because right. it's just like... It makes it longer. It makes the game longer, but it also takes money. It keeps money in the game that's supposed to be out of the game. And then it's like... Yeah, people like people like to do it as the catch-up mechanic. Like, oh, you know, if you're in last and you land on free parking, you get the money. But the thing is, if the person who's in first gets it, the yeah. rich get rich. Absolutely. It's even I, worse. I just want to say another, like, I'm going to say this is a house rule because people don't realize it's the normal rule of when you land on a property and don't want to buy it, it goes up to auction. Yeah. yeah. I, it's I, a live auction. I've always played that. I've always played do, the auction. Yeah. The game is so much better, but typically a lot of families just like, you know what? Next player's turn and the dice keep rolling. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, like, that's how we played it when we, we were kids. But to be fair, we were kids. Yep. Um, as we got older, though, we absolutely adopted that rule. Yeah, no, my um, family still doesn't do that. <laughs> with uh, free parking, um, I actually, I, I always, I grew up thinking that, that was the rule. Mm. Um, and I only found out that that wasn't the case one time when I was... Um, I was hanging out with um, my sister and a friend of hers and things like that. And and for some reason, Monopoly appeared on the table. And then I started throwing money in the middle of the table. Yeah. And then both my sister and I said, what, 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 what do you mean that's wrong? And they're going, no, 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 it's wrong. And it led to an argument and rule came out. What? And I put the book yeah, about it. Like yeah. they designed the whole board so each corner does a thing. And free parking is literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and here's the other thing, which is the other rule of monopoly, monopoly, which people don't realize, which gets house ruled, which is you have to have enough houses to build 
four on each of the, the properties. And if there is not enough houses for you to build four houses, you cannot build a hotel. I didn't realize Whereas people that, yeah. realize, well, people will go, well, I've got two houses, therefore I need six, then the hotels, right? If I, let's say I had two on each of the oranges and there are six, so I've got you know yeah. six on there, I need another six, then I can get the hotels. Now, if there's not enough houses in the box, people just go, that's all right, there's hotels. I will just pay the money yeah. that needs to get to the hotels. Whereas like, that's wrong. You actually need to pay the money to get to the houses. And once the houses are there, then you can take the hotels. So yeah. This is the whole point of the game, which is you can starve the housing market by just going, I'm never going to upgrade to hotels. And just put four houses on my things and leave them as four houses. In yeah, fact, it's an actual strategy. You're hoarding the houses. And you hoard yeah. the houses so no one can put houses or hotels on it. And that is a legitimate strategy. But people house rule it to mm-hmm. go, well, I can just build hotels, whatever. That's actually not a rule in the game of Monopoly as well. But yeah. everyone house rules it because everyone goes, I just want to build hotels. It's like, well, you can't. And this is the point. We talk about Monopoly as a bad game. It's designed as a mean, cruel game, not as a game, but as actually to show you why capitalism is actually bad. Yeah. And the thing is, people go, well, this was used to be what everyone played. So therefore, you made these rules to make the game we more have too fun. too many apartments in Sydney. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Um, I do want to go to the Facebook group now. And I do want to say that Tristan Carnival uh, from Discord, he actually put one on Facebook as well, which is he said, when we used to play Catan, we played a rule that if you rolled a seven, you choose where to put the robber and who to steal from, which is kind of standard. But you could offer to move it to the desert if they gave you a specific card instead. So I could say to the person, I will either take a random card from you or you give me that wool that you just rolled right now. So it's either you can give me the sheep. Yep. Or I will go to your hand and potentially take something random. I kind so of don't I, mind that. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not game breaking. Yeah. And yeah. it keeps the game moving. Yeah. It does. What I'm so it's like, but, uh, by me giving you an ultimatum, yeah. it means that I can put it on the desert and you can still earn income. Yeah. But you have to give me also, the card that I'm asking for. What's the point of the for. desert tile? It's because, the, because it's... The, 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 the robber can start off the board. Well, it's just the well. It's also probably because of the amount, the numbers, because of the amount of numbers, because you need to have two twos, oh, two twelves, and then or whatever yeah. it's like one two, one twelve. But I'm pretty sure there's only one number. Like, why why couldn't there be two twelves? That wouldn't be game breaking. Well, it, it would give you more option, more more potential know. to roll it, a twelve than a two. I don't know. Well, they're but still the, the same odds. Well, still. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I but can't I, ask Klaus anymore. I like that rule because I <laughs> yeah. thought that, I thought that was an interesting yeah, take on one. it, which is that hey, I will keep the production yeah. going, but you have to give me that specific thing, so I can either cram your production up right now, or you give me the wall that yeah. is yeah. going. I'm a fan. And I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good house rule. Um, and then finally, uh, Lee uh, Parrot is that how he pronounces his yep. last name? That's our designer friend, I it believe is, it is. Yes. He said he uses this house rule to place tiles in Oleon. The rule says to look through and choose any tile in each stack. We make it a market of X tiles face up for each stack where X is the number of players. This adds tension, saves time, encourages different strategies, and gives newer players a better chance. So Orleans is a bag builder game. Yep. Um, and this strategy is basically saying, look, let's not make it as slow and cumbersome. It basically means that, yes, there's some information given away, but it, in terms, it means that if everyone has the same information, it's more choices. Yeah, so in Orleon, there, there is a stack of tiles that you do get access to. Uh, this is especially in the base game. Mm-hmm. And typically what happens is uh, when you when you are able to pick from these tiles, you can literally pick up the whole stack, go through them, and then pick whichever one you like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there are situations in the game where, especially if you can see what certain people are doing, you can either be super meanie pants and take certain tiles. Like I think, I think the tiles called the turret um, in particular. Um, but there are a few tiles that you can basically just go through, take, and really begin to steamroll away, just move away with the game. I love the idea of having a market because, as Lee says, it forces you to consider different strategies, just yep. like just like in any other engine builder that has a market mm. um, where you can't predict what is going to come out. Yeah, um, it's great um, that. Um, it's 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 great that it's the base rules where you can pick things up and look through it, but I do love the idea of having a market. Yeah, no, I think it's yeah, I think it's a really well. good one. Uh, just one house rule that a lot of people do do that realize it's n- it's do not do. really <laughs> that's yeah. a do do. Um, in you know the draw four stack on another draw four or a draw four and do a, a plus two. No, you can't do that. No, you can't yeah. do that. Yes, that's you can. Does that. No, no you yes, you can. No, you can't. That's a house rule. No, you can't. This is my house rule. I don't care. I, I know you, you can. Well, this is how we play, you know, I don't care. Here's how it works, which oh, is, here we go. So plus two is a player count doesn't exist in so this castle. <laughs> plus, plus twos and plus fours can be played on each other. So long as they're the same color. So if I change, what? Why can a six yellow be on a six blue? If I, say if i play a plus four and i say it's a blue therefore the next one that can come uh, out is a plus two this on is blue. an example of a house rule it gets worse gone wrong it, it gets better yes. i should say so no, no, we no, then it's... also we then also allow skips and reverses to be played on said no part. it didn't get so better it got worse if, <laughs> <laughs> he's already if, dead if yeah. you play a reverse card on a plus two it sends it right back to the person who sent you the plus two uh, we're never, co- no the, wonder matt hates you the color yeah. the, he's never played with these rules the colors <laughs> look colors must be matching okay so like you know we have some decorum in, in the you know i was gonna play. say so I, like you see you, you can change the color no, just no. By color, any no, card, color must like, still uh, be matching. So if it's a plus. The card it, doesn't even have to be from Uno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or and then the other one on top of that, which is the skip cards. If someone plays a plus two on me, I can play the skip and then sends it straight to sends it to the next person. So it means that hey, I can you know we we were just like look, you know at its core, it's a bit of a boring game anyway. For like I just get bored with it, so we're just like yeah. look, let's just add in some random stuff that kind of and actually to be fair, it actually made the game a little bit more tactical from look, time to time because. You were being very strategical and waiting because, for people to throw out because, skips and reverses because, before you start hammering down because the Because you were jumping on the table and just wanted to strangle other people because you were I playing would say it punch, I'd say punch people punch in the face. But that was one. That's a painful house rule. The, uh, speaking of carcass on the other one, I just really quickly want to put out there, which is one of my house rules, which apparently was a, an, a variant, but I didn't realize this, but is like what I did with um, Evie and a few of the younger kids is that I let them have three tiles in their hands instead of one. So you have three tiles, yeah. so you have three options. Yeah, Granted that- this one at the start. Yeah, so this one does allow, you know, it does mean that some people don't get access to a couple of tiles because that you're obviously hoarding them. Um, but, but maybe it, you but, can like discard one at the end of your turn. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. but it just meant that the the newer kids rather than only having one option just gave them a little bit more options to think about so they could go oh i have this and maybe they can start to pre-plan some things yeah, um, yeah. so that was a house rule that we used to we used to like yeah to with with kids in mind the, the the one house rule that we 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 still consistently do particularly for my younger son is when we play king king of tokyo mm-hmm. um the rule is that adults are not allowed to attack adults can only win by getting points uh, just so for, for those who don't know so you can't attack at any point at any point oh, you can't can't attack hard. so you can heal you can take you can take cards from the market take energy you can take energy um and you can score points that's it 
but you cannot attack. Well, you're too kind. Um, it <laughs> we, is... both, we both lost our game of King of Tokyo that we, we were playing we because we, we both one. just got hammered by people like the dude inside yeah. of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Just... And so it it makes it, it, it does make it really interesting. Um, yeah, it would. It, it adds a level of excitement uh, for the kids because for my son in particular, it just means that anything's got numbers on it. No, don't want those. I just want claws. I'm going to attack oh, everything. Yeah. yeah. So he has a bunch of fun with that. Um, and probably and the, the other thing, actually going back to Cascadia, um, the other house rule that we do implement, again, uh, for my two youngest, is um, what we let them do is we let them pick at the very beginning of the game. So their first round can be any combination of animal um, uh, token and tile. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a matching pair. It can be anyone on the board. Um, right, we, okay. also, we also let them start with, a, with an acorn at the beginning as well. Yeah, anything that makes a game more accessible to yeah. kids is always yeah. a good thing. And I think that's what house rules were in general. They've always yeah. been a way of making something either more accessible or more fun for people. Yeah. Well, Ralph, uh, what about you? Give us some, give us some so of yours. As I mentioned, I'm not really a big house rule gamer. Um, Damien and I have recently dived into Frosthaven. Uh, so there's a new rule in there where you get your secret objective, your battle goal, as it mm-hmm. were, and you draw three cards and you get to pick which one you keep. In Gloomhaven, that was just two cards. Mm. And I think when I go back to Gloomhaven, because I will, um, I'll be drawing three cards yeah. instead of two. Because yeah. that generally, the, when you get just two options, you basically you, you know, see those two cards and you're like, I can't get any of those. You know, but you also know immediately which one is better and which one is not. Well, uh, no, no, you always take the better option. Yeah. No, that's but, what I mean, though. Yeah. Like, you generally know there's one good and one bad or either both bad. There's never generally but, a yeah. better as Damien knows, sometimes you get a card and you're like, my character, because they're all unique, is not able to achieve yeah, this. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. like for instance, a, a, a good example, like I've done this in Gloomhaven, where my character is uh, is a heavy, for instance. Their goal, their, their goal is, is literally stand in front and just take damage. And the two cards I'll get will be something like um, uh, defeat, defeat an elite monster with a single attack and loot the most gold in the round it's like i can't do either of those that's yeah. not my job yeah and it's or like well it's like never do an attack or never kill a monster yeah like, but i'm the guy that kills all the monsters that's like, right yeah so it just Fair yeah thought. it just makes that a heavier game more achievable like you get more sense of progression from it and yeah. some people might say that's cheating uh but it's just making that game more accessible yeah. i feel yeah and seeing more of the game as you achieve those things which is really cool um making the games accessible captain sonar it's a game where two teams of four players uh are on basically they're playing battleship and four players on one submarine and there's a captain that says north and then the person to their left basically says confirm and the person to the left says confirm as well there's one guy on the other team who's trying to listen out for what the captain's saying to see what direction their ship is heading so what we house ruled is you. the captain says north, then the first mate says north, then the engineer says north. So they have three chances to hear the coordinate and that makes the radio guy a bit more accessible Yep. Uh, because he's so crucial to figuring out where that vessel is. And you know what? The radio guy will still stuff it up because why? Oh, yeah. can he's, I, had, he's had four or five years before that. Can <laughs> I tell you what I think is the best way to play Captain Sonar very quickly? First thing in the morning. No, it's the two <laughs> versus two variant, which is not in real time. 
No. You play the game. No. No, I much preferred it because it became this no. it became this really fun tactical game of like, no. like no. talking to each other going, I the fuck disagree. Me, you're wrong. <laughs> no, 3v3 is where it's at for me. 4v4 yeah. is a nice perk, but 3v3 is perfect for that game. Yeah. Um, And uh, to be honest, I'm okay with some level of cheating in some games. <laughs> Um, Cluedo. I'm going to tell you about that. No, I'm going to tell you about You go first and I'll tell you my Cluedo. But in terms of cheating, like sometimes you play a big heavy game like Spirit Island and you're an hour or two in and you lose and everyone's like, let's pretend that didn't happen and just keep playing. Like, I'm okay with that. We're not going to say, yes, we won the game. Like, we're just like, we're happy. We're going to keep playing the game. Um, Funny story about Cluedo. Played a game once where, not me, set up the game and you're supposed to put one murder weapon, one bad guy and one location in. Yeah. We had one guy and two murder weapons in there. Oh. So that was a fun game where no one knew what the hell was going on all <laughs> game. Um, one of my family members, she was telling me they played Cluedo and her dad won the game. Fantastic. You win the game. You have a big celebratory moment, right? It was acted like he scored a goal in like the FIFA World Cup or something. He lifted his shirt over his head and ran into the wall. (laughs) Love it. So so that led to an injury. (laughs) And you know what the worst part is? He would have gotten a yellow card for taking his shirt off as well. That's terrible. (laughs) All right, very quickly. My Cluedo house rule, and we've played it with me and my brothers, which is Cluedo at its core is an information gathering game, right? Yeah. Therefore... It doesn't matter how you get your information. Oh, yeah, Cheating yeah, is yeah. encouraged. It's like if you yeah. can look at someone else's pad, oh, if you can look at that. their cards, we, we did that it does time. not matter. It is literally, that is the way we play the game now. It's literally, it does, like there is no... You may as well like, just make it a co-op at that point. No, though. it's not because no one wants to give out information for free because no one wants to be like... And so that's why everyone's keeping it secret, but it means that if you... It means that you get really people who are trying to be sneaky in really fun, interesting ways and it just becomes this all right, if I can cheat, how do I do it? And that's how we do it. Yeah, oh, my, my, my uncle's one of those. He's a gun for that. He'll he'll randomly throughout the game wander around the table offering drinks to people and yeah. stuff like that and he's always Love looking it. over shoulders Love or he's that. putting his hand on the table trying to take away their bit Love of paper. It. He's Love free, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think <laughs> we should start to wrap it up yeah, there. Anyway. But I hope you guys don't judge us for our version of house rules of games. Uh, we just want to make games fun for everyone and that's what we should all do, really. So if you have any fun house rules, uh, please let us know on our Discord or Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much going to round up the episode. So I'm Ralph, your host tonight from the Board Game Gateway. And to my left, we have Nebo. Yeah, I'm the guy in charge of Discord and the YouTube. So head over to both of those things. Go to YouTube, which is at BG Gateway. You can type that into the YouTube search bar and you'll find us there. Or Discord, you can find on our website, www.boardgamegateway.com. All the links are on our um, social page there. And to my right, we have Damien, our new host. Hi, I'm the new guy. <laughs> Keep it up, mate. We'll see how long you last. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I'll catch you uh, next week. He is yeah. the new guy. We haven't done. We haven't given him the hazing yet. We haven't given him the hazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've given him a few puns tonight. <laughs> terrible. No. Come on, okay. you guys fell for my cascade. Uh, you. That, that was amazing. You. That was really <laughs> terrible. Okay.